Good afternoon. It is noontime. And you are listening to uh, He's Radio.com? No, kidding. Radio A1A.com. Radio A1A. That's it. That's it. <laughs> you know, you'd think after about 40 years of doing this, I might remember call letters and things like that. But apparently, that uh, you know, little bump in the back of the head changed things a few years ago. So, you know. Uh, folks, we have a really an amazing situation down here in the Keys. First of all, uh, it is a beautiful day, and uh, we love to pass that along to the rest of the world. But um, uh, we have a, a great topic to discuss today. And it sounds like Doug and Bob from the Great White North. But uh, the, the bottom line is we have this incredible place to live. And for some folks who are absolutely essential personnel, there's no place for them to live. So uh, with that said, uh, we'll give you more on that in a few minutes. Uh, I want to be able to tell you up front here, uh, my name is Mark Mills. Michael is out uh, uh, hauling the mail today, so to speak. He's out earning a living, so uh, we will move forward from there. Uh, Michael, I hope you're tuned in. I think you're going to hear a good show today. Uh, thanks to the uh, folks at uh, Prime Lending, Bob Klein, uh, for making this program possible. Uh, Sunshine Title of the Florida Keys, Jenny Pinnell, and her gal uh, crew down there are doing a great job and they promise you no surprises in your closing, uh, which, trust me, I've been through enough closings in my life. You get a surprise, it's not any fun. So, you know, uh, that's pretty much the way you want to go. Uh, moving right along, Center State Bank, uh, Betty and Lisa, uh, two gals that we really appreciate everything they do for the housing community down here in the Florida Keys. To Keys Insurance as well. Uh, they make this happen. And, you know, uh, rumor has it that uh, Mr. Nyman, uh, is uh, yeah oh yeah yeah you know I don't want to get you too excited but you know since <laughs> you know any any time we talk about sponsors here Harry gets excited so you know as he should uh, <laughs> just like all other forms of radio sponsors make the world go round so um, let me run a few uh, items by you here folks uh, to let you know what it is that we're going to be talking about today get to the right page here and I can uh, do this we have in Monroe County almost 9,000 students uh, teachers and staff almost a thousand people uh, partake in the education of our youngsters in Monroe County and what um, to break it down uh, about 10 percent of them are black the students 40 percent maybe Latino or Latin uh, 50% are white, which uh, basically boils down to we are kind of an average melding pot uh, of uh, small American towns linked together to build a community. Um, and the most outstanding thing about it is really that this is all situated uh, walking distance from the water. On one side, uh, the Atlantic Ocean. On the other side, uh, the Florida Bay or the Gulf of Mexico. So real estate becomes very, very valuable down here. Now, um, like I said, those numbers we just discussed uh, kind of make us average in a lot of ways. What dispels the whole idea of being average is that the uh, average uh, value of a home down here in, uh, well, let's take Florida first, $297,000. Now that's a good thing for the residents of Florida. You know, let's face it, your your home maintains a good value or it's come back in value and you can likely, with whatever it is that you earn, uh, you can afford it. 
Monroe County, the average mean value of a home, $714,000. Now that turns the table a little bit. Um, The average income of a teacher in Monroe County, $58,000. Of a nurse, $76,000. Of a firefighter, $68,000. You know, I mean, even of a, a Monroe County administrator, a principal, of which we've got one today, and I don't mean to disclose too much, Laura, but, you know, uh, the income of a principal in Monroe County is, uh, well, 100 plus thousand, but not a lot of pluses after that hundred. So if there are two of them living together under one roof, you still can't afford to buy the average home, is the point. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a damnable place to find yourself because you have uh, this remarkable community and, um, you know, how is it that people are, you know, you're going to get your essential personnel here. Now, um, we are joined today, and let me flip the page here so that I can give these women their proper due. Uh, to my immediate left is uh, Sue Watansky, who is a public education advocate. Did I get that right, Sue? Yep, that's okay. right. <laughs> uh, Sue is also a physician. And, uh, you know, and, and, and not to, I mean, you know, I guess I don't want to divulge too much about your personal life, but the bottom line is, folks, you know what, uh, housing presents a real predicament here. And, uh, you know, I mean, Sue, you will be the first brain I pick uh, after introductions here. Prepare yourself. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, Sue has a, a very good, uh, I think, shake on, you know, how this situation came about. And uh, maybe you know some uh, some solutions to the issue. Uh, seated next to her is um, well, Laura uh, Leotard. You got it. Oh boy, I got that one right. But I tell you, the spelling doesn't even come close to that. So you know, <laughs> for me, you know, and then I got educated in the Midwest. So you know, it's like Belgian. The, it's not Midwest. They, uh, <laughs> go figure, eh? You know. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> Laura is the principal at Key Largo School. And uh, I think uh, certainly we'll be able to shine a light on the housing situation that affects so many of uh, these uh, thousand or so uh, teachers, about 550 teachers in the in the Keys, right? Somewhere in there, and then uh, uh, a, a good number? Uh, I think it's probably. And, I mean, we've got more staff than that. We have almost okay. double with yeah, the staff. Yeah. If you go You're looking teachers, at close probably. to 1,000, so. yeah. So to break the teachers out. Um, and then uh, to uh, see to do uh, her left uh, is uh, Mindy Cohn. Uh, Mindy, you are part of the school board here, correct? I am. Thank okay. you for the invitation. Absolutely. And uh, looking forward to speaking about this very important issue. <laughs> well, I think, and, and thank you, because, I mean, it's about the best way to frame it. And it really is a very important issue. And, I mean, uh, gloves are off here, folks. So, I mean, ladies, whatever... Your opinion is, you know, first of all, we're not on our broadcast. We're on the web. The three of you look very respectable, so I don't expect any F-bombs or anything <laughs> like that to go flying. But, yeah, just a thought, you know. Uh, when you get an impassioned group together um, sharing ideas or even throwing ideas back and forth at each other, things change. So I want to make that perfectly clear. Your opinion and your knowledge is what's needed here. So, uh, you know, as a member of the school board, this has got to be something that you have. First of all, how long have you been on the school board? I was um, 
elected in the previous election, so uh, this November it'll be two years. Two years, okay. And, uh, I mean, it, it, is this just like the, the perennial, the weighted dummy that keeps coming back up uh, every time? Or Well, um, I will say that prior to my being elected, it was an issue, but post-IRMA, the issue has really been pushed to the forefront in a way that it may not have been previously. I know we as a school board have brought it to the front, forefront of our discussions um, and we're in the process of building some affordable housing on school property. Um, our first one will be near Sugarloaf School. Um, we're going to start with 10. We can fit as many as 20, so that number will be able to grow as soon as we see the kind of interest in people who... We know lots of people need it, but not everybody wants it, right. and that's the key. Right, um, Molly. Let me. I'm going to stop you right there because Mindy I want to get Khan. Mindy. I'm sorry. This is the second time I've called her Molly. It's Mindy. Yes. Sorry about that. And, I'll, and I promise. I swear to God, I'll get that right, Mindy. Um, I, because I want to come back to that in a moment. Um, this is uh, again something that uh, when when I first got to the Keys in, in 20 years ago. You know, uh, housing essential personnel was a very big deal, you know, and, and, and there wasn't much of it around. We have come and gone with housing uh, developments, you know, some small, some a little greater. But, you know, uh, and, and Laura, I want to ask you, you've been with the school board for a long, or with, with the district a long time, correct? Yes, for 24 years. And, and your experience with housing, has it cost us good teachers? For sure. There are many years that we interview for positions, and of course we want to hire the best person available. They often accept a position, then come to look for housing and call us back and say, I'm, I'm unable to accept. I can't find a place I can afford to live. Well, and, and to be very bold, uh, what is the starting pay for a teacher here? 46. I think it's actually 48 right 48. now. 48, um, okay. Which is the highest in the state, I believe. It is. We actually pay better than every other county in the state for uh, new teachers. However, because of the home prices and the cost of living here. Yeah, as we started um, out the program with the idea that. It's very difficult, yeah. even though we pay the most, yeah. for a teacher to find housing based on a new teacher's salary. Grand a year is nothing to sneeze at. It's nothing to sneeze at, but again, when you're talking about the cost of housing average, like you are. Average one, one, uh, one bedroom apartment in the Florida Keys, $1,700 a month. Now at forty eight thousand dollars a year, if you break that down, you're looking at four grand a month. You know, take taxes out of that, so you're losing twenty five percent off the top, even thirty percent. You know, now you're down to three grand a month. If your rent is costing you two thirds of your take home pay. Right. It's a little steep. <clears throat> Say the least. So uh, You've had, you have, as a teacher's advocate, Sue, or as an education advocate, this is probably a number of hats that go across the top of your head on a daily basis. Give me a bird's eye view from 20,000 feet. You know, what is to you the biggest part of why we have this educational shortage and this housing shortage and, you know, pennies on the ice? What, what do you see happening here? Well, there's two parts to affordable housing. One is uh, 
having the housing and how much it costs, and the other is being able to afford it with your salary. Right. And in Florida, we have been deliberately underfunding public education for about 20 years now. Deliberately? I believe it's deliberate because I believe that there is a... um, Well, maybe there's two competing things. One is that we pride ourselves on efficiency. We don't want to pay taxes. We want to pay the least least that we can. Sure. And uh, public education is expensive, and quality public education is even more expensive than that. Well, and zero income tax has been, you know, uh, uh, well, a draw for businesses and people to come to the state of Florida for a long time. Correct. Okay. And then over the last 20 years, we have, and maybe in, uh, in on uh, steroids over the last eight years, <laughs> we've been, um, you know, cutting corporate tax as well. So we've been uh, cutting back on the amount of money in the pot and um, increasing funding for education has not happened in, in, I think, 18 years. The funding for education has not kept up with uh, inflation. Are you guys in agreement with that? 18 years? So I haven't seen the specific number in terms of how many years, but it's true. Public education is underfunded, and the funding for public education, both state and federally, has decreased as the funding of private schools and, in some cases, charter schools has increased. So the school district has a budget, but the budget comes almost entirely from local taxpayers and very minimally property from, tax yes from state and federal government um laura what what does that do i mean you manage a school you're a principal how the heck do you do that when they don't give you any more money every year yet the cost of everything is going up Carefully, <laughs> <laughs> creatively, <laughs> creatively. Um, Thank you very much for taking that moment because I, I, the the pressure was beginning to build in here. <laughs> I really appreciate you popping the cork there a little bit. So please sure. continue. Well, I have to also say that we write a lot of grants uh, at the district level. They write a lot of grants to help support our schools and. Our school writes a lot of grants. We have a lot of programs funded at Key Largo School by the Ocean Reef Community Foundation and by the Keys Children's Foundation. Right. They give us over a hundred thousand every year. Which do you see corporate, certainly helps support? Do you see got corporate grants as well? Like you know, McDonald's, Publix, people like that. Do you go after that kind of stuff too? We have applied for some of those in the past, but have not been a recipient of them. <laughs> So McDonald's and Publix can just come down here and take our money for their food, but they're not going to give anything back? There's a a real struggle in the Keys, I think. No, Harry just caught his breath right there. Other organizations, I think they focus a lot more on schools in the mainland Mm -hmm. than they do in the Keys. We used to, back in in the day, we used to do a program at one of the other radio stations I worked at called School Tools uh, with Publix in... Um, it we basically turned out probably twenty twenty five thousand dollars a year and donated, you know, pencils, books, erasers, tablets, all of that kind of stuff. But you know, I mean, it it is that something that you know? I mean, lobbying this out there is that something that you know? Uh, perhaps the district needs. I believe is a handful Publix of good. Publix is a pretty good supporter of the United Way. Seems here like in it. The, yeah. the keys and yeah. a lot of that money goes to stuff the bus. Does which it? 
which, which is, is a, a great program. Great program. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a great program to fill the hole because we don't fund enough money to have school supplies at our right. schools. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Just got a little sticky in here again. Uh, we're at about a quarter after the hour, folks. We're going to come back and apologize to Publix on my behalf. Um, I, I worked with Publix for a number of years, and they are wonderful people. I, I, I think that we are in a day and age when uh, corporate uh, folks who are doing well need to step up, however. With that said, uh, we will turn it over to uh, Harry Tiford, who will turn it over to our sponsors, and then we'll be right back. Please like us on Facebook. You're listening to the Florida Keys Real Estate Guys Live on Radio A1A. Keys, folks, it's that time of year again. We're running every which way you can, and it seems like you just cannot keep up. That's right. It's season. (laughs) Not that season. Tax season. Hi, this is Mark Mills. For the last 10 years... Marshall Walker and his team at H&R Block in Key Largo, you know, the one over by the Publix. Well, they have done my taxes through thick and thin. H&R Block has been there for me, and they have won my taxes. Let H&R Block in Key Largo, next to the Publix, get your taxes won. The end of tax season is nigh. Call now, 305-451-2562. If you're a realtor or if you're buying a home or selling a home, Maybe you're thinking about buying a piece of land to build on. One thing you need to consider in any real estate transaction is title. You want to be sure there are no surprises ahead. Getting clear title and title insurance is the one and only job of Sunshine Title of the Keys. Sunshine Title for escrow, closings, and title insurance. Done right. Call Ginny at Sunshine Title, 305-451-0032 today. Hey, Radio A1A listeners, this is Michael Marinelli, the real estate conk, wishing you tropical vibes. The Florida Keys is a chain of islands known for its crystal blue waters, famous for sports fishing, world-class diving, and its laid-back atmosphere. Between the Everglades National Park and the National Marine Sanctuary, the Keys are home to a precious and rare ecosystem found nowhere else. Here you will also find world-class dining featuring fresh-from-the-dock seafood as well as other chef-prepared culinary favorites. has the feel of a quaint seaside village with a laid-back vibe, taking you worlds away from everyday cares. Stunning coastal-inspired homes line the shores of the islands offering spectacular sunset views. Whether you start your day taking in the sunrise on your oceanfront veranda or heading out on the water for an adventure, the Keys has something to offer everyone. American Caribbean Real Estate, your Christie's International Real Estate Brokerage, knows that our island lifestyle is just as important as the home, and we are prepared to match you to the right property to fit your lifestyle. As the local Christie's International Real Estate affiliate, we have the powerful backing of the network, including 1,300 offices worldwide, and the only real estate company owned by a premier auction house. 
This, adding to our local market expertise, makes American Caribbean Real Estate the right agency to assist you in finding your piece of paradise in the Florida Keys. This is Mayor Gonzo Mays, the official honorary mayor of Key West and the Florida Keys, and you're listening to Trop Rock Music Association award-winning Radio A1A, music for the road to paradise. Rocking and rolling back into our second uh, um, uh, segment of uh, Florida Keys Real Estate Guys Live. Uh, Kind of a... uh, I don't want to say a heavy topic or whatever, but I mean, this is something that, uh, you know, you just wouldn't think, okay, gosh, it's paradise. Everybody comes down here and swings from a hammock overnight and, you know, uh, eats fresh mango in the morning. And and then we tralala off to work, uh, you know, at the scooter shop. And, you know, (laughs) well, that'd be really great. Uh, It worked for uh, Jason Bourne in the end of the Bourne identity, but it really doesn't work for the rest of us, you know. Uh, And we have along with teachers, uh, nurses, firefighters, policemen, uh, a a great number of people who are essential personnel that make any community run. And uh, and, and this is one of the difficulties uh, that we face down here when the average home sale price is just under $500,000. The average value of a home down here is about $715,000. And people start out at... uh, $48,000, $50,000 $48,000, a year. I mean, I, I know a number, a handful of waitresses and waiters in the Keys who uh, make between $50,000, $70,000 a year working lunches at good restaurants, uh, you know, if, if, you know, if they're fortunate enough to catch a lot of shifts for season. Is that fair? Is it right? Is it do it? Yeah, well, you know what? It is what it is. You know, I mean, we're not, we're not here splitting the hairs. Um, uh, uh, Sue, you uh, brought up a, an important point that you heard this morning uh, on NPR, which is you know uh, something I listen to uh, on a regular basis, and that is that uh, they were referring to teachers and nurses, nurses as blue collar workers. Yeah, and not blue collar. Nothing against you know a guy or a gal who is a blue collar worker at all. Um, I mean, you know, this is all parts of the American society and the American experience. And, and you know, it, you all deserve, you all work hard, you all deserve a, a, a way to live uh, that is uh, good for you, good for your kids, good for everybody. But, you know, uh, to, I, I know that uh, Baptist, I don't believe, will hire a nurse anymore who doesn't have at least a BSN, you know, a Bachelor of Science in Nursing. So um, they're, they're not hiring two-year nurses anymore. You have to go out and work somewhere else and work your way up. Uh, you know, and, uh, and I may be wrong about that. Please send the cards and letters to you know, uh, my email address, which you can find if you're lucky, and I'm not going to tell you how to get it. So. <laughs> but the bottom line is, and look, uh, you know, uh, and that is kind of an insult because you know, how many teachers have you got working in the Monroe County School District that don't have a four-year degree? None. None. <laughs> well, yeah. there you go. Yeah. We have all highly professional and mostly highly effective or very effective teachers in the well, Monroe County School System. Pursuant to that, I mean, isn't it that, you know, I mean, if you're a high school teacher, well, if you're a grade school teacher, you've probably got more than one degree. Isn't that true? Not always, but at least one degree, it's if an not element. more. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They so. are professionals, and we 
they do the most important job. They we entrust our children's future to them. Eight hours a day, five yeah. days a week. Right. I'm going to put my kid in a room with you know a teacher and, and man, so <laughs> I I hope that teachers got a good education because you know God knows I mean I've got a postgraduate degree and it didn't mean diddly. And Look I, where I wound up. So you know, and I would suggest that without. Uh, quality public schools will cease to be a resort community and we will just be a resort. Well, I kind of think we'll cease to be America. <laughs> Correct. You know, I mean, I think it's a little bit bigger than they Correct. had. Yeah. You know, I mean, good point. Uh, let's let, I want to save the resort community. I live here too, but you know, my God, you know, uh, the, the idea that for 18 years, the, you know, school districts in Florida have not gotten an increase in spending. They've got increases in spending, but not to keep up with inflation. And then on top of that, they get mandates from the state of how they need to spend the money, the pot that they already have. I mean, that was very obvious this session, and that's beyond our, our discussion here. But the state tells the school boards how they must spend some of the money, and that diverts it away from where our school district would like to be spending that, and that is into teacher salaries. Holy cow. And there's a point here that also needs to be made, and that is every county contributes to a pot of money for all counties' school districts. And then at the state level, they then decide who's wealthy and who's not wealthy. (laughs) And then based on that decision, you're given what's called a wealth adjustment. So because we have a big community of wealthy people in addition to people who are struggling um, our wealth adjustment is about zero so the assumption is so it's that really working out for monroe county in other words the assumption is that because of the community we live in and lots of retirees lots of um people with money and second homes that we don't need the extra money infused into our school district there's no sort of um understanding of the other side of the population and i will say that our monroe county elected representatives understand but no matter how hard they try we just can't seem to beat this idea that we are a wealthy community without some of the issues that um, some poorer counties have. Golly. But it's not good in any county in Florida. No, no it's not. Every you know, county but... in Florida is struggling in terms of school budgets. However, um, you know, and the poorer counties do need a bigger influx of money. But to assume that we don't need that extra money based on a portion of the population is very unfortunate in a nutshell we have a a group of people who live here who are very well off uh, and perhaps retired perhaps uh, still practicing whatever it is that they do for work Uh, and on the other side of the coin you have the people who uh, educate their children you know uh, take care of people when they're sick um, you know, uh, you know, keep the uh, drunken idiots uh, from killing us wholesale on the roads and, and from burning down their homes, which then spreads the fire to our homes. So, um, you know, I mean, God, I, I just about bit through my tongue while you were talking about that because, I, you know, how is it 
that educating our children became so 10th place? I don't think that it's 10th place. It's in that first place. I think there's an idea at the government level that we should be educating our children differently than we have been in order to keep up internationally. And while I believe this is wrong, I definitely feel that that idea is what's drawing money out of our public schools. Okay. <laughs> you, can you, Mindy, can you explain a little bit more of that? So um, there's been this idea in government, and um, Sue's researched this <laughs> to, to all the ends. The light bulb's like glowing <laughs> right, over exactly. here. Yeah. I love that Mindy's been listening. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, you can't not listen. It's really, it's a problem. Yeah. And so when things at the government state government level or the federal government level come up like let's so the original idea to go backwards was that if a school is performing very badly those students aren't getting what they need to be successful okay so how do we fix that if the school won't change and the school won't improve then let's give these students an opportunity to go elsewhere so I think that idea, the beginning of it all, started where people sort of got on board until they realized in which way the train was moving, which was then to take those kids out of public education altogether rather than the failing school and then put those students in some kind of um, privately funded education which is also getting some of the public funding money. Right. So um, it's a double so, standard. It is a double standard. Um, we have some terrific charter schools down here. Um, I have a lot of good things to say about our charter schools down here, but they have other funding than what we give them, and we have to give them some of our funding our public school funding because they are still public schools even though they're charter schools but then they also have other ways of raising and getting money and other ways of acquiring students so that's where one of the sort of um, puzzle pieces begin to fall apart it's pretty serious backhand if you ask me i mean you're asking you're blaming public schools for failing because you didn't give them as government didn't give them uh, the necessary means and resources to uh, succeed at your job. And then, so you're going to hold them accountable for that. Uh, no raise in pay, no raise in anything, uh, except maybe a, 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 you know, a meager bump here and there uh, for certain issues. But you're going to tell them how to spend their money, you know, in, in over the last 18 years. And then uh, you're also going to share the money with privately funded schools as well. So, uh, so they're double dipping. Can I interject Please, for a Sue, second? Please, jump in here. So a lot of this started back Keep in Keep me from making when... a fool of myself. <laughs> no, you're doing fine. Thank you very much. <laughs> On your own. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, a lot of this started with the, uh, this is, I think, the 35-year anniversary of no, uh, Nation at Risk, a, su a survey that was done during the Reagan era, and it looked at international test scores, and it declared a national emergency because our schools were not performing as well as other nations. Well, it was a faulty reading of the data back then. <laughs> uh, 
Um, Oops. If you, we in America have educate everyone. We take all children and educate them. So if you were to divide our schools up into um, socioeconomic level in quartile, say, the, our lowest 25%, if you were to compare that to nations around the country with a similar demographic, you would see on that NAEP test, the, or on the uh, international test, that those kids in our schools completely outperform the children in the poor countries that have a similar demographic. And likewise, if you take our top 25%, if you take our wealthiest school districts, there are no countries in the world that can touch the scores of our wealthiest uh, schools. Our schools outperform at all levels. And since that those international tests have been done, every single one of those groups has increased in performance. So our wealthy schools did well back in the um, 80s, and they continued to improve and do well now. The problem is, is we have rising poverty in our country. So kids with fewer resources don't do as well on these tests. So as we get more so and the more... generalized standard testing, right? Standardized testing, standard yeah. Testing, yeah. Right, these, okay. these international test scores, we know that the kids with less resources don't do as well. Correct. And, you know, kids who have not been given books don't read as well. Right. These things are common sense. And so we um, have a rising amount of poverty. So it looks like our average score is declining. But if you separate that out, our schools are really quite successful. So it's based on a flaw. And so despite all this handicapping, we've actually done very well is what you're saying. Our teachers know how to teach and our public school professionals know how to run public schools if we would just let them. Whoa, okay. 1234. Um, this is a... <laughs> I hope you're tuning into this, folks. This is a great program. I'm really enjoying this. Uh, and uh, we're going to take a break, uh, take a breath, and uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Florida Keys Real Estate Guys live on RadioA1A.com. Hello, Radio A1A listeners. This is Michael Marinelli of American Caribbean Real Estate. Let me ask you, are you tired of the same old real estate agents doing the same old stuff the same old way? I provide a level of service that most agents can't, don't, or won't. Contact me to find your piece of paradise here in the Florida Keys or to assist you in finding a great agent nationwide. As part of the Christie's International Real Estate Network, I've got a team of agents that can take care of you no matter where you are. So no matter what your real estate needs are, with 22 years of service, contact me, Michael Marinelli, the real estate conk of American Caribbean Real Estate at 305-439-7730 or visit me at my award-winning Florida Keys Real Estate and Lifestyle blog at therealestateconk.com. I look forward to working with you soon. Deciding if I should go fishing today or go to work? <laughs> That's always been a tough decision for me. But deciding who to call to get the right home loan is easy. I've been working with Bob Klein and his team at Prime Lending for years, and Bob has been able to get all of my clients approved for loans. Prime Lending has ranked as a top 10 purchase lender 
nationally every year since 2012. With over 300 offices, it originates loans in all 50 states, offering fixed and adjustable rate loans, jumbo loans, FHA, VA loans, and renovation loans. Uh, Whether you're purchasing your dream home, vacation home here in the Keys maybe, or an investment property, Bob is the one to call because Bob has over 30 years of banking experience. I feel very comfortable that my clients will end up with what works best for them. Or maybe you need a little cash to help pay off those credit cards. Well, Bob is the man to call to help you refinance your current mortgage and get you the needed cash. So whether you're looking to buy a beach house or you prefer a beachfront condo offering a maintenance-free lifestyle, Bob is your man. Now's the time to call Bob. Dial 561-866-5566. That's 561-866-5566. It's his cell phone, by the way, so you're going to talk to him directly. All loans are subject to credit approval. Prime Lending, MNLS 13649, Equal Housing Lender. Prime Lending is a wholly owned subsidiary of Plains Capital Bank. Hi, this is Robert from Prime Lending, a proud supporter of the Florida Keys Real Estate Guys on Radio A1A. Hi, this is Mark Mills from uh, Radio A1A and the Florida Keys Real Estate Guys. And Harry's nodding at me and approving that I must be coming in properly at the right levels, not popping my peas or doing anything like that. So that means I can keep talking on the radio. Holy cow, I got a future. I can be somebody. Listen to the Florida Keys Real Estate Guys every Monday at noon. It is remarkable that that guy is allowed on the radio to tell you the truth. (laughs) Okay, you know, maybe I'll just hand this mic over to Bob and we'll get Bob broken in in a hurry here. We are uh, really lucky to have Bob with us today and and Bob's going to be a much bigger part of uh, Radio A1A down the road. You'll get to know Bob very well. So, uh, Luann Bradley has joined us and she is a teacher at uh, Treasure Island. And, uh, and Treasure Village, Treasure Village Montessori. Well, I, you know, I was thinking of Vegas there for a moment. So, actually, hi. There we go. Thanks for having yeah. me. Well, and and you two, uh, Mindy, and and well, all right. So, all right, Laura and Mindy will we'll share a microphone that way. Um, and uh, Luann is uh, really an amazing story to tell, uh, post Irma, as uh, a lot of folks do, and uh, we will get to that in a moment. But. Um, this this whole budgeting thing uh, and, and the fact that, you know, American schools, and, and I mentioned this in the break to Sue, that, you know, I mean, we were really the envy of the world, you know, with our public schools. Is that something we did to us? Did we shoot ourselves in the foot? How did, you know, I mean, how did we lose that edge or did we not lose that edge? Maybe it's just a, uh, appearances. Can I interject for a second? By all means. It's not so much that we didn't, that we lost our edge. It's that we stopped advocating and advertising for ourselves. So if you want to go to a business and you hear lots of good things about the business, you're going to want to go to the business. If you hear lots of bad things about the business, then you're not going to want to go visit the business. So perhaps there's a group of uh, people who have run for office over the years who say that our schools suck. Well, I think when that happens, all of a sudden people start believing what they're hearing. Right. And whether or not it's true, 
as we all know, um, happens a lot. People start believing it the more it's discussed. So when it was decided that we weren't competing on the international stage, and that's what we started talking about as a country, well, other countries are also going to believe that we're not competing against them on the international stage. But you're saying we are. Uh, We absolutely are. All of you guys are saying that we are. Some of our most brilliant minds, I mean... The same group of uh, test takers that were declared a national emergency by Nation at Risk went on to build the Silicon Valley, the computer <laughs> age era, biotechnology, basically... Uh, yeah, the touch screen on your phone. It didn't hurt them any. Know, so, no. and, and there was an amount of creativity and collaborative nature that uh, Americans excelled at. Right. And that uh, some of these highly high-tested competing companies have never... Uh, been able to compete with us out and in creativity and new ideas. So it while we start to chase test scores, say we chase China's test scores, they want to know how our people are so creative. And our public schools did that for our for our nation. Laura, what do you see as a principal in you know your student body? I mean, and, I mean. Is there uh, cause and effect? I mean, do you see budgets making things more difficult, but you still see students that are, you know, I mean, rising to it every day? Sure. I, the teachers that are in our county are here for kids, and they go above and beyond what we ask them to do, and they really bring an element of creativity to the classroom that engages the kids in learning. The kids can't wait to come to school every day to see what's going to happen next in their classroom. Right now we have a lot of classroom transformations going on. The teachers are changing them into a pizzeria, a pirate ship, (laughs) outer space. So the kids cannot wait to get up in the morning, come to school and see what they're going to learn about today. And it's all tied to the standards that we've been given to teach them. So they are hitting everything that's expected of them, but the teachers are engaging them and they're doing it in a creative way. So we're still doing that. Wow. You know, I mean, it's, it, it's really such a cool thing to be reintroduced to this. I mean, obviously, I've been away from school for a few years, you know, and, and uh, to see that there's still kind of magic happening. There's lots of magic in our public schools, and I'm going to suggest that um, at a certain time, at least 20 years ago, maybe longer than that, there was a decision made that the public schools were in monopoly they were failing our kids, and we needed to move to something else. Okay, and that's and about then, the time they were turning out the Zuckerbergs. and, and yeah, Correct. Uh, yeah, right. But then parents didn't choose anything else because parents know that public schools are the finest thing that our nation has to offer. So how do you deal with that? You create tests that show those schools as failing. You defund those schools. You blame the teachers for all what ails them. And then you offer them some kind of choice to escape to something else. This is a marketing campaign against our public schools, and we did it to ourselves. I, I, my new best friend is sitting right here. <laughs> How many people were involved in the assassination of John Kennedy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've mentioned housing very much today, though. Well, clearly there's a few layers to pull off here. So, you know what, and we're going to take a break real quick again here, and then we are going to come back, and, and housing is what we're going to get back on to, folks. So sorry if we got off the path for a moment or two, but you know what, uh, there's a lot of other things at play here. So uh, please stay with the Florida Keys Real Estate Guys, RadioA1A.com. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, Radio A1A listeners, this is Michael Marinelli, the real estate conk, wishing you tropical vibes. First time home buyers, you say, ah, hey, there are more of you than you know. And the bottom line is this, folks. If you haven't purchased a home in the last three years, then you can requalify as a first time home buyer, uh, a la Center State Bank here in the Florida Keys. Now, there's a bunch of reasons to do this. Number one, easier to qualify. Number two, great rates, low down payment, and money to help you at closing. The list goes on. It's incredible. Contact Lisa Feliciano at Center State Bank, 305-852-0516, or log on to centerstatebank.com. Hello, this is Scott from Tori's Cafe in Clearwater, Florida. And for the best of chop rock music, please stay tuned to Radio A1A, music for the road to paradise. Hey, y'all, this is Donnie Brewer. You're listening to Radio A1A, music for the road to paradise. Keys, folks, it's that time of year again. You are running every which way you can, and it seems like you just cannot keep up. That's right, it's season. <laughs> Not that season. Tax season. Hi, this is Mark Mills. For the last 10 years... Marshall Walker and his team at H&R Block in Key Largo, you know, the one over by the Publix. Well, they have done my taxes through thick and thin. H&R Block has been there for me, and they have won my taxes. Let H&R Block in Key Largo, next to the Publix, get your taxes won. The end of tax season is nigh. Call now, 305-451-2562. Welcome back uh, to our uh, last uh, installment, uh, not installment, episode, uh, no, segment, there you go, okay, of uh, Florida Keys Real Estate Guys for a Monday, and uh, we sure do appreciate you coming along and joining us, uh, thanks to the folks at Sunshine Title, and Center State Bank, and Keys Insurance, and uh, Prime Lending, and uh, just, they've been a great group of people that have made this program uh, happen every week, and we really do appreciate it. Uh, Sue, Laura, Mindy, and Luann, uh, and you guys are amazing. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing this stuff. We're not done yet because I was kind of waiting all along. Uh, Luann Bradley, uh, you were a teacher at uh, Treasure Village, not Island. You know. mm-hmm. Although Treasure Island probably does need a teaching staff, you know. <laughs> Just thinking. <laughs> if there was one. Yeah, there you go. You know, Viva. So, um, but uh, come Irma, you know, let's go back uh, track here a little bit. Uh, Please tell us your experience with Hurricane Irma. This, I think, really drives home the fact that, you know, our essential personnel uh, got kicked to the curb, you know, in in regards to, um, you know, housing and whatnot uh, post Irma. And I mean, just give us a little bit of your story. What, you know, the day after the storm, let's Mm. pick it up there. The day after I was still in Georgia, but. I'll fast forward. Coming back, I had actually just found a place that was semi-affordable for me on, you know, a teacher Sally. I have three kids. I'm a single mom. And um, we had found a place that was pretty reasonable. Been there two months. I have been here now down here four years. So it's been kind of a struggle. Love it here. But we found a place that got flooded out. um, And we had to move. We moved into a hotel right down the street at La Jolla for six weeks. Can you pick up the tab for you? Um, yes, they did. Okay. They were they were actually really really good. They gave us some replacement for furniture. They, they were very helpful. Um, I finally found a place to live. So I was trying to get my in for the holidays, and I found a house that was for sale that somebody let me stay in. 
So we moved in there kind of with what we had, and they sold the house, of course, two weeks later. So we did find a place through you guys. We found a place. Through American is, Caribbean. Mm-hmm, Great. It's a cool. beautiful home. It was a brand new home, but it's way above my pay scale. Yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to make it through the school year. That was kind of where I, I started to move in and think, well, I'm going to make it through the school year, and then I'm going to, unfortunately, I'm probably going to have to move. And we love it here now. But... That being said, I've had a lot of support from the community. Um, Monroe County Schools gave out a grant that helped tremendously. Very cool. And that helped supplement. Um, I'm using it to kind of supplement my rent difference till the end of my lease at least, and I hope things are going to be better. I'm trying to look at some other options for affordable housing. I'm looking at Habitat. Right. I'm just kind of looking around maybe... Trying to so find you're a summer trying job. to buy at this point in time. Yeah, I, I really want to stay. I, yeah. I was pretty dead set I was going to move, but that really helped me so much that it kind of was like to me a sign that I should stay. And I <laughs> and I love our school. I love this community. I love the families. I, I want to stay. Um, but, you know, I feel lucky. I feel like I was one of the blessed ones because I've been supported and helped. I know there's a lot of people out there that haven't. Yeah. I think there's something that comes along with Key's disease, which we all know what that is, but... Uh, that, uh, you know, when, you know, the chips are down and, you know, and, and and things are working against you, you know, your neighbors really do show up here. It was beautiful. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty cool feeling. It was. It? Yeah. And it was really, we, we went back to school and y'all were talking about the kids coming and being excited. That was the most wonderful That is weeks. magic. The kids were so happy to be back at school. Yeah. And that was really affected me profoundly like i just ball. really got that sense of our community well and irma hit right at the beginning of the school year it was too. amazing you guys were all what about two and a half maybe three weeks into the school year we're about a month yeah, in. about a month in you know just uh, getting into it well <laughs> i want to start it again put out the because you know you are still in the hunt right for another another place you know i have a lease okay. but i'm i'm looking at some options like habitat and okay. some affordable housing options um Right. And looking at putting together a little art camp for me to do during the summer so that, that can supplement my income Make too. Make some dough, sure. Yeah. All right. So. Well, folks, I mean, if you're out there and you're listening uh, and you think you've got a possibility to help Luann out, uh, we sure would appreciate you can reach us here uh, at uh, 305-587-3105. Uh, you can catch us on the Facebook page as well, Florida Keys Real Estate Guys and uh, or the Radio Realtor and, uh, and and let us know uh, if you've got a, a rental or, uh, you know, uh, perhaps a property uh, for sale that might fit into that income range. Um, you know, we, we would like to keep you. You have a good attitude. So, Thank you. Know, you. I yeah. appreciate it. Well, That's nice. You know, I mean, it, it's part of the deal. Um, housing <laughs> for essential personnel. And it, it just, you know, you, you, you strike the match and, and it takes you off in about a thousand different directions. Um, because this is a, a remarkable place to live. It really is. Anytime you can get up in the morning and, you know, within an hour walk to either the ocean or the Florida Bay, you know, I mean, it, it you know, it, what else is there? A median temperature of about 73 degrees. You know, life is pretty good. Even, you know, uh, uh, less than a month away from hurricane season, life is still pretty good. Although I, I know that there's, like yourself, uh, I, I lost my home. So, um you know, it, you you start getting the, the heebie-jeebies a little bit, you know. Um, Mindy and Laura, you guys are talking about building uh, some uh, affordable housing uh, down in, in Sugarloaf? Uh, that's one of the areas. 
Um, I do want to say it may have seemed like we were off topic, mm-hmm. but really the things that we were all discussing all sort of. It's all part of the deal. It all comes together yeah, to make a pro- an issue for salaries and cost of living mm-hmm. and everything else, which then bundles into the fact that um, there's just not enough housing for people making less than $200,000 a year. Um, But yes, so when I came on the school board, one of the things that was very important to me was taking our current district offices um, and clearing them out, moving our transportation department, and taking that prime Key West City property and turning it into housing. I will say that the housing that we're trying to create is not ownership housing, it's rental housing. And the reason we need it to be rental housing is because we're gonna continue to wanna get the best and brightest new teachers down here. And rentals is what will bring them here and what will give them the affordable housing they need. So affordable housing, even in and of itself, is a multi-tier discussion. Sure it is. So, for instance, Luann is looking for something to buy that's affordable. As a school district, we want to provide rental housing that allows people who are just starting out um, on the lower end of the salary scale, single people, people who need to find something in order to teach here. It's the natural progression of things, really, is to mean to be able to move to a community, uh, accept a new job, that type of thing. Right. Uh, rent something affordable, mm-hmm. you know, until you can save up a few bucks, put a downstroke on a house, buy a house, right. you know, get the benefits of home ownership, and, uh, you know, eventually die and move off the planet. So, right. And yeah. it, it doesn't have to be fancy, no, but it, it should be suitable for a professional and their family. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I right. mean, and I don't think that's asking that much, no. to tell you the truth, Sue. Exactly. I think, you know. Well, and in addition down here, it needs to be somewhat hurricane-proof. And as we <laughs> yeah, well, all there know, you are. the you cost know. of building any kind of building that can withstand a hurricane is expensive. It's not, yeah, I mean, it, it really, for $175, $200 a square foot, you know, I mean, you're, you're going to, with a 1,200-square-foot home, you're looking at $240,000. Right. You know, it's not cheap. And, you know, a, a friend of mine... Uh, who's a fisherman, a uh, long-time fisherman down here for years, uh, commented uh, a few days ago uh, about, uh, you know, with the release of the, um, you know, uh, the uh, building permits, you know, to get, you know, 12, 1,300 new building permits uh, down here. You know, it, where are you going to find the land, first of all? I mean, you're talking about Sugarloaf Key, which... So we're lucky because as a school district, mm-hmm. we own land. And we can maintain... A lot of land? Well... Not a lot of land that we can build on, but what we're looking for is land we can build on and right. building on that land. So, for instance, the district offices and our transportation department were located on the Key West property that yeah. I'm discussing. However, we purchased a piece of property on Stock Island so that we could move the transportation department sure. off that. And we have some buildings where if we take our district employees and then spread them out a little bit, keeping departments together, but not necessarily all of the departments together, 
um, we can vacate the administrative offices as well and that gives us the opportunity then to raise the entire piece of property and build a beautiful apartment complex that we can then house not just teachers but staff paraprofessionals sure. maintenance people i mean we're really in need of every one of those jobs have openings currently in our school district wow it, it seems like actually what should be just common sense i mean as you build new schools which we've done a fair amount of in the last decade, I believe, haven't we, in, in Monroe County? It seems like it. We're in the process of building three right now? Two and a half, if we count. Switlick, yeah. the Marathon Elementary, one of the buildings is staying, and then right. one of the buildings, we're building a new building. Right, yes. okay. So, I mean, we, we're, we're adept at construction, and uh, with that new construction, clears old sites. Now, I mean, uh, that's a, a possibility. Do we have... Uh, does Monroe County as a school district have a lot of land? Or, I no, mean, are they not a lot of land, you know, but we are looking acres? at the land we have. So, yeah. for instance, we couldn't build more than 20 um, units right. on the Sugarloaf property because Sugarloaf School is there. Right. And we need Go room figure. to rebuild Sugarloaf right. School. So we have to keep those construction concerns, you know, Open the lifespan in the of the school is approximately 10 or so years mm -hmm. so we can't build on the property we're clearing because then when we need to rebuild the school we almost need to flip-flop it again right so um, the property is limited we're trying to identify what we can build what we can and hopefully having these rental units will bring um, educated creative and wonderful people like we currently have to the keys for our schools Right, and the same thing needs to be done, and I think is being done at every level of government in the Keys. Which is? Identifying pr properties that can be converted into affordable housing. Yep. Pure and simple. 20% of our staff lives on the mainland and commutes to come to the school. So if they could live here, there's so much more we could do. Well, I mean, it just makes sense, too, in the respect that, you know, when... Uh, with with these new home uh, uh, building options that uh, Governor Scott has released to the Keys, I mean, you know, they have to get out 48 hours before a storm. How do they get back in if there is a storm? You know, I mean, it, it, that seems to be creating a bigger quagmire, you know, of moving people back and forth. I mean, uh, you know, um, it, God... You know, I, and Harry's definitely sneaking that music in underneath me, which means shut up, Mark. But <laughs> Subotansky, Laura, later. 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 There Mindy you go. Mindy Khan. Mindy Khan. I was going to say it right. I really was. <laughs> and Luann Bradley, ladies, thank you so much for coming along on this. Can we do this again? Everybody here today? Thank, thank you so much. Absolutely. More cool, conversation guys. to be had. For Boy, sure. is there ever. <laughs> Next time, I'd just, you know, write the questions down on a card and hand them to you. <laughs> Be much easier. Folks, thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next Monday. Have a great week.